This is Jurani Barnes, a.k.a. The Future, a.k.a. Black Thunder, and you're listening to the best podcast that you're going to see me on in the next year. I'm out! Xenon, boys! Yeah! Welcome to Inside the Wires, hands down, the best podcast in all of racket sports. Listener discretion may be advised for a younger audience. Welcome back to a very special edition of your favorite podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Noah. And we are Inside the Wires. Holy crap. So we have a great episode for you today. We have two first-time guests. On today's show, we got Patricio Misterano and Juan Vamos Araya. We tracked him down and got him on the show. You guys all know these two from their numerous paddle accomplishments. We have them on the show today to talk about a couple of different, couple of different reasons. We have these two crazy Argentinians on to discuss a couple of new projects they have going. One, the paddle camp, and two, they're the new kids on the block when it comes to paddle companies. They've just started Skull U Paddles, which when, when we get into the episode, you'll, you'll, you'll understand why they went with the name, and it's, it's really interesting. Uh, we won't give any more away about these topics. We'll let Patricio and Juan tell you about them. So without further ado, Patricio Misterano and Juan Araya. All right, hi gents. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. We uh, we appreciate you uh, you joining us tonight on a Sunday night. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> hey, uh, we're certainly going to discuss uh, more things paddle. But uh, first off, Juan, wanted to congratulate you on winning the first Grand Prix of the year, the Chicago Charities. You had uh, obviously a tough draw and uh, and a bunch of young guys out there uh, kind of fighting with you the whole way. Was uh, was this an especially satisfying victory? Um, winning any Grand Prix is a satisfying victory. Um, you know, um, I think that was my, I think, eighth or ninth Grand Prix, and every Grand Prix uh, feels feels great. I feel like a superhero after winning. Um, <laughs> builds the confidence for sure. Um, but uh, I think that uh, Mark and I played very well, and there were a lot of really good matches. Everyone is playing amazing. That's something we always talk. We always talked with Patricia that the sport is getting so deep, and um, every match is uh, super competitive, and you have to work really, really hard uh, to win the matches and even points. So, and it was funny because after winning the charities, Patricia said that for the first time in a long time he was watching some paddle, and he felt like. I don't want to do this. I, I don't <laughs> think I really want to do this anymore. And uh, it was, it was, um, it was, you know, I still enjoy it. My body doesn't enjoy it as much as uh, in the past, but, uh, you know, being able to compete with all these young, upcoming, really good players is, is great and makes me feel younger. 
So the, so the body question real quick, we talked to, to Mark about this a couple of weeks ago. You, in, in the semifinal against Johan and Steven, you missed the shot and then in pure Wanaraya form screamed out, my body hurts so much, every yes. muscle in my body. How, uh, you know, you're so physical when you play and you, 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 you know, Mark's more of the, what he described as the beta when you guys play, you're the alpha hitting the majority of the shots after a Grand Prix these days, how long does it take you to feel normal again? You know, actually when I said that was because um, <laughs> in the first round, um, I don't know if Mark in his interview said something, but um, yep. in the first round, I hit myself in the knee with a full oh. swing a spinner and my knee was like um, a tennis ball the size of a tennis ball was it was really bad and then I had a hard time walking and um, and that's why I was struggling moving and I was compensating with my other leg uh, but the format of the Grand Prix playing three matches and then two the next day is really not that bad I actually I was teaching the next day I had like uh, I think six hours the next day. I started at 7.30. On Mondays, I started at 7.30. I have lessons. Um, so I felt good. I felt good. I mean, it was more, uh, more, a lot more painful the first tournament of the season. That we had a tough draw. We had to play Humphreys and Philly Fitness in the first round. And then we had to play Rans and Wagner in the second round. We spent like six hours on the court. And then we had to play Sven and Mick that... We were we were shot down. I was cramping, so also the not being in competition, not playing for that long was, you know, the body was not uh, trained. We can say so, um, but yeah, but no, it felt good after the Grand Prix. Mark Mark didn't tell us that. He just told us about your first round match with the guy with the 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 windshield wiper volley. Oh, it was amazing! Guys... <laughs> it was amazing. In fact, the guy hit at one point. We're playing. And then I hit a shot. Actually, no, Mark hits an overhead and the guy hits a windshield wiper, half volley, win, <laughs> almost win around, around Mark from the baseline. And I said to Mark, Mark, you almost, you almost got beat with a half volley, windshield wiper, half volley winner from the baseline. And the moment I said that, we're changing, we're changing ends. And the guy said, I almost beat you with a half volley winner. <laughs> it was the same thing. It was so fun. It was a good match. Good match. Yes. Well, we should yeah. talk to, uh, we should talk to Ennis and uh, Mick Adoya. Get him, get him on my paddle. Have his own uh, instructional <laughs> video on the windshield wiper. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Hey, not to get too far off topic, but uh, you know, what do you think about uh, kind of the new group of, of, of good young players that are coming on? Obviously, you know, there's a, a group of you guys that are, you know, you and Mark and and Steven and Johan and guys like that that are around kind of a certain age. And then uh, there's kind of a mid group. And then there's obviously a much younger group. I mean, what do you think about the state of the game right now? Well, I think that, um, you know, it's funny because there are a lot of really good players with a lot of, with really good racket skills that they're still playing too fast. And I know I was there at one point and I wanted to spin every ball. Every shot had to be like better than the other. And nowadays, I don't know if it's because I'm older, more mature, or I simply cannot do that all the time. I am playing 
a different game. I find myself this season hitting. I mean, I think that in the first three months of this season, I hit more pushovers than my entire career combined. Uh, and I think that that's something that uh, you learn with time. And all these guys, you know, they have the tools, they have the skills, and they they feel like they can do that. Of course, I mean, I see Humphrey slides on the court. That's ridiculous. The guy is amazing, super quick. Felipe also, you know, is super quick. Uh, you have uh, all these young guys. I mean, uh, well, Tyler Fraser, um, you know, I mean, I know that, I mean, you have uh, Philippe Rams. They're amazing. They're they're really good. And what I like is that the matches uh, are getting a little faster. You get more, uh, more uh, it's more fun to watch these days. Um but then, you know, I mean, we, you have uh, players like uh, Drew that still play the same style and he's so good. You know, they can do that. He can do that. I don't have the patience to that. Uh, but uh, then you have Johan, who is my age. You, you know, we're both 44 uh, or he's turning 44 soon. Uh, Mark is over 40 and we try to hit hard, but you know, these guys hit hard and they're fast and it's, it's really, it's really amazing. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this new uh, stage of the game or the, how the game is evolving. It's fun. Well, give, give it a couple of years and the nineties events are going to be off the charts. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, actually I'm playing my first ever 45 nationals this year uh, in February. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. And actually Who are you playing with, uh, I, with Jeff Morneau, Oh wow! Yeah, so so it's funny because the same day is um, the junior nationals, and the junior nationals are at Short Hills, and the forty-five plus nationals are at Franklin Lakes. So Timo, who you know, I mean, he lives in Argentina, uh, is coming now January thirteenth, and he's staying for a month until February twenty-one. So he was he's really looking forward to playing paddle and all that. So I'm thrilled that he will be able to play, to play in the junior nationals. So he'll be playing the junior nationals. And at the same time, I will be playing the 45 nationals. So today I was talking to him and I said, so uh, dad, you got to get me a partner. He goes, I said, yeah, I will get you a partner. Don't worry. I mean, uh, he goes, and when is the old people national? I'm like, old people, my ass. Are you kidding me? So I said, it's the same day. And now for saying that, I'm not taking you there. So I think Annika is going to take him. But I'm going to be playing the old people national. Yes. Well, is, yeah. is, he, is he playing with Vince? No, Vince plays, I think Vince plays 10 and under. Uh, Timo will okay. play 12 and under with, I think, a member from here, from the Greenwich Country Club. So... Fantastic. Yeah, because Maddox is going to be away. Otherwise, it's the mini version of Araya Parsons. But That's fantastic. the Parsons are going to be away. There you go. That's great. Hey, well, uh, hey, oh, go ahead, No. No, you know, I, I know uh, kind of as you talked about the way the game is changing and the way it's it's got to change for, you know, for guys as they get a little bit older than some of these young guys. Um, I, I think uh, a lot of people know about how fit you are. I think you've done at least one marathon. I'm not sure if you've done more, but uh, – Patricio, you're uh, you're a big marathon guy now too. I understand, right? When uh, when did that 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 addiction start? Because following you on social media, it seems like uh, I feel like I'm working like out just watching it. <laughs> it seems like I, you're I follow committed. him on social media, and it's fantastic. That's I feel right. like I did my 19 miles for the day. That's yeah, right. Well, yeah. I I got sort of into running um, because a friend of mine asked me to run the New York City half marathon 
for charity in 2015. And actually, it was a, Juan was part of that group of a lot of paddle players who did it, and Mark Parsons, Parsons. and Mirta, and who was one of them too, um, Brian O'Connor, former paddle player. Um, so th that's how I got into running. And then sort of one thing led to another. And, and I was like, okay, so let's see if I can run a little bit faster. And, you know, so I, I did another half marathon, then another one. And, and then I put my name in the lottery for the New York City Marathon. And I got in. <laughs> so that was my first race. And, and then I did um, New Jersey twice. I was supposed to run again in New Jersey last year, got canceled. This year got canceled. I went to Chicago to run and, and I stayed at um, Mike um, Marino's house when I, when I ran in Chicago in 2019. And then and I ran the last one two weeks ago in Philly. So, yeah, I mean, I run six days a week is... It's very different than, than paddle. And some say, oh, you know, playing paddle is a lot more like playing, you know, um, like running a marathon. Not, <laughs> it's, it's not at all like that. And now the, the time that you spend running versus the time that you, you know, play in like this, you know, three plus hour matches that I usually tend to play because I cannot finish points like Juan does. So all my matches, when I play, either, I either get killed pretty quick or I go the distance. So even when you go the distance is, you know, you play some long points, but you have time in between when you're running a marathon is, it's like nonstop. And I, this one was the first one in Philly, the first one that, where I did not walk, which was, <laughs> it's, I think, you know, finishing is great, but finishing and not walking, it, it felt good that part. So, so which is the marathon that you have to, is it Boston you have to qualify for? you got to get some crazy time. Yeah, um, I was um, hoping to qualify this year and I didn't. And, you know, just like, you know, with paddle, you know, or any other sport, you know, you have to perform, you have to prepare, you know, you have a goal, then you have a preseason, then, you know, you're working, you're, you know, doing more things, different things, learning from your experiences. So I'm not there yet. But that's that's my goal. It's sort of like, you know, playing at the U.S. Open in tennis. You know, you have to do really well. So for amateur runners, qualifying for Boston is it's like the pinnacle of, you know, being an amateur runner. That's amazing. I, I really admire anyone who runs because I ran a half marathon in Chicago a few years back. And I finished the race and someone goes to me, that was amazing, wasn't it? You're going to when's your next one? I go, I'm done. I'm not ever doing that again. That was uh, a miserable experience, and I hurt, and I, I am not running. I don't think I've run ever since. Check you know, right? you, yeah. you have to like it. And before I started running and all throughout my you know, years as a tennis player growing up, I, I only once ran 10K. It was, I was 12 years old, and I ran a 10K race in, in Buenos Aires. In, in when I was training in tennis, the most, the most we did it was 5 or 6K. And now actually players run less. You don't need to run the five or six K anymore. And so running, it was so boring. I hated running. And, and now, I mean, I don't listen to music. You know, I can't. One day I did, we went to do a camp with Juan in Atlanta. I came the next day and I ran 22 miles by myself, which was so, it was horrible. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can do it. And, and without, you know, music, I run usually with, with, you know, have a running group, you know, with some, you know, friends that we meet and then we, we do the long runs together, 
And but funny story, when I was um, at the Philly Marathon, I finished, and you know they give me a bottle of water, and I undo the top of the bottle, and then the top like gets on the ground, and I'm like contemplating for a few seconds, like <laughs> bending and trying to pick it up. And there's a guy who is like, he's watching me. He's seen this whole thing. And he's like, I don't know, 10 feet from me. And he's like, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. And, but, you know, it, it's very painful, you know, when you finish the next, you know, a few days after, but, and, you know, you feel accomplished when, when, you, when you cross the finish line, regardless of your time. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a, you know, three-hour marathoner, a four, a five, it really doesn't matter you finish that, you know, that race, you, you know, you cross that line and it feels great. I have I another say, funny I, story. I about... felt pain and lightheaded. That's all I felt yeah. after it. But, <laughs> sorry, Juan, I, go ahead. I have another funny story about Patricio running. Go. That shoot. is in Nationals 2009 in Cincinnati. <laughs> We're playing the President's Cup, I think, at the Camargo Club at the Old Hut. And then uh, we're playing for Region 1 at the time. In fact, there is a picture of us wearing Snuggies uh, at the, uh, what's, the, what's the name? Passing, what is it? What's the name of the APTA? Yeah, the book, the Passing the, Shot. The, the Passing Shots book, that yeah, the APTA. So anyways, and in that event, we we're supposed to play a match. And then they say, where is Patricio? Where is Patricio? We couldn't find Patricio. <laughs> Patricio went for a warm-up run or something in the woods. They had a run Camargo. We couldn't find him. He started cramping. He's like in the middle of the woods. <laughs> we couldn't. And then he gets upset or mad at all of us because we didn't go get him. I mean, we didn't know where he was. He was in the middle of the woods. It was the funniest thing ever. It was in the woods. First of all, it was in the woods. He was on the side of the road and there's a golf course there. So the fact that there are trees doesn't mean that that's the woods. It was in the woods. And, and it wasn't my warm up. It was afterwards. And yes, I had some cramps. <laughs> my favorite part of that just because there's trees there it doesn't make it the woods yeah. <laughs> that's great well, there's a there's a uh there's a legend out there that you ran like 15 or 20 miles and then played a tournament the same day Is well true? yes yes that's another story so come on we had sound Shore like uh, this, this year. year like i don't know a month ago or a month and a half ago so I was supposed to play with Marco Grangeiro. So uh, Marco calls me on Friday, the tournament is Saturday. I said, Juan, I, just, I was just playing an exhibition and I popped my car. Can you, uh, I need to find another partner. I said, okay, let me start making calls. So, you know, I called Patricio and I said, Patricio, do you want to play in a tournament? I said, no, I can't play. I have to train for the marathon. Patricio, come on. It's a tournament. You know, I'll do the running. No, no. Okay. You know what? Try to find somebody else. If you don't find anybody else, I'll play with you. Okay, fine. I start calling everyone. Nobody's available. So then I call him like two hours later. I say, Patricio, I need you to play with me. He goes, okay, fine. But you will run for, you will run for all the drop shots. Okay, <laughs> fine. That's okay. So then the next day we have to play. And the tournament started in the afternoon around one o'clock. So I, I tell Patricio, okay, we're ready to go, you yeah. know. Uh, did you warm up? You wanna... No, I ran 19 miles this morning. I'm like, what? I thought you weren't going to run if you were playing. I thought, you know, he was just protecting his body while he wanted me to run for the drop shots. No, but so he went for a 19 mile run that morning. Then we play the tournament 
And we, we ended up getting to the final and losing to Nathan Lafever and uh, Chris Humphries, 7-5 in the third set. The guy could barely move and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So, no, the, the final was three hours. It was Nathan, I found out this week that he was also cramping. In the, I wasn't cramping, and, but my, my eyelashes hurt in that match at the end. It was... Even I remember the match point. So Nathan drives the ball from the outside. I'm in front of him. And it was a ball that came like, I don't know, within two inches of my paddle, my backhand volley. And I didn't hit it. And then Juan was expecting me to hit it. And then he missed because I didn't hit it. And he's like, yeah, that was yours. I said, I know. I, I, in my head, I tried to move. I just couldn't. Um, but yeah, you, you know, the first three matches, they were sort of pretty quick and we played great. And I was trying to save my energy. And, and then I didn't have any more energy. But we actually played pretty smart, knowing the fact that I wasn't going to be able to run. And, you know, when I play, like, I know I don't have a lot of weapons. So, you know, my speed is probably one of them. And so I didn't have that. But it, it was just fun to play. And that was my first tournament since um, to March 2020. So it was just fun to be on the court and play. And those guys, you know, we, we play some good teams. And, and I was just happy to, you know, be able to compete at that level, even after a 19-mile run. <laughs> Jeez. Well, Juan, I find, it, I find it insulting that Noah and I didn't get a call to play. I think we were available <laughs> that weekend. I didn't have money to pay for your ticket. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. All good. Well, hey, you guys have got – you guys have – really fun chemistry can you tell us how you guys know each other and I, I i'm pretty sure it's been quite a while that you guys have known each other is there like a backstory with all this well let me let me start with that because i don't know if one remembers this so i've known of once since um you know we were 10 so he used to play at a, at a club in buenos aires and i used to play at a different club and actually i was on the 10 and under tennis and team and I was on the B team. We got to the semifinals. The A team gets to the finals and they play against him. So I knew who he was also from tournaments. But we actually met at a, at a tournament when we were 13 and we play against each other and he beats me 6-2, 6-1. And after, after the match, he's like this chatty guy who's like coming and talking to me. And I was like, why is he talking to me? He just kicked my butt. And and he's he's asking me so where do you train and and so I told him what I train and like within one or two weeks he was at the same academy and from there we we got you know much closer we even played in padel tournaments together in in Argentina and so over thirty years since we've known each other. I'm so just you impressed. Guys are... I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, After thirty years, you still remember what the set score was in uh, in your match. Oh. Well, the thing is. That match, I was like, why is he talking to me? I, I, I thought that, you know, you beat someone like, and it wasn't a close 6-2-6-1. It was like, <laughs> I don't know how I got three games in that match. But I was like, why is he really like talking to me? And the fact that he came over to where I was training, that part, like, I always remember that. Yeah. So did you guys, once you, once you both ended up in America, did you circle back around? And, or were you always in touch the whole time? Um, no, actually, what happened was um, Patricio came to college here, um, and I was um, well. I was uh, um, he graduated or he was about to graduate college, I think, or 
he came to Argentina on a December for a for a college break, I think, on his last last year. Um, and I was already married, and um, uh, I had a baby. My wife at that time had a baby, so um, and then we started we started talking about you know coming here uh, coming here to the U.S. Um, unfortunately, that December, Argentina had a major crisis that is now actually we're celebrating the 20 years of that crisis is everywhere in the news uh, that the bank pretty, I mean, the government pretty much froze all deposits and they took all the money uh, from all the citizens there. It was a disaster. We had six presidents in one month. That was December 2001. So with my ex-wife and my young child at that time, eh, I said, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I started talking to some people. And then eh, one guy that was eh, my eh, eh, a teammate at the club that I used to play eh, put me in contact with another guy eh, that was here. So I, I got an interview on February 1, 2002. Uh, I flew from Buenos Aires to New York. I got, a, got an interview at a club in New Jersey. And then um, um, and then by February 11th, 2002, I was already uh, living in the US and Patricio was still in college at the time or in the summers he was working at a, at a, at a place uh, that is called Total Tennis that is in Socrates, New York. So we stay in contact there. We didn't get to see each other much uh, during that period, but then after he was done with college, we were pretty much uh, seeing each other all the time. He was coming. Uh, he was, uh, I don't know why, but my daughter kind of liked him at the time. You don't uh, know why? Yeah, I don't know. Because his <laughs> sense of humor is very special. So anyways, uh, but yeah, but it was... Um, uh, so yeah, we stayed in touch. And since then, I mean, we've been in contact, you know, for 20 years. It was well, not not for twenty years. They were like yeah. about a good like two or three years yes. where we didn't talk to each other for a while. And but is there a story behind that? Um, yeah, you know, we will like, never agree. We will never agree on what happened. So that's something that we rather skip because it's in the past and we don't want to steer the path. Absolutely, we're in a we're in a positive place. Let's uh, yeah. let's keep yeah. it there. Hey, Juan, I want to pitch an idea to you. You mentioned, and this is something I don't think the APTA will steal this idea from me, but I tell you, I think it's a good one. You mentioned your ex-wife. I think there's a number of high-level paddle players. I'm not saying me. I will be a captain of the team, but I, I, I will not play on the team. I think we do the divorced paddle players versus the non-divorced paddle players. I'm pretty sure there's, there's a good matchup there. Yes. I agree. Right? But I don't, but I, I don't, I think that paddle contributes to the divorce rate, <laughs> but it's not a hundred percent though. I mean, it's also that we are very competitive and we become very crazy. So it's hard to live with us. That's I am it. lucky that now I am lucky that now my significant other is also a paddle player. Paddle and player. Ex, is a pickleball player and actually she's now at, in Arizona playing in a pickle in an AP, APPP, APP tour event and then she's playing the Nationals uh, pickleball this coming weekend in California. I just couldn't go because uh, I had to run events here at the club but it, it helps that she's as competitive and sometimes now we, we built a pickleball court at the house 
So sometimes uh, we play each other to see who does the dishes that night. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a there's a good matchup between divorced and non-divorced players, though. I think we could put together a good good divorced paddle players team. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Hey, talk talk to us about the uh, the paddle camp. Uh, that's uh, I think a relatively new venture. I know a lot of a lot of places are getting into uh, camps and destination camps. Tell us a little bit about about how that came about and uh, what looked like a really good uh, initial year with that. And we started doing camps at local clubs in the Connecticut area. We would go usually, you know, in the in the preseason, and to run, you know, one, two, three, you know, d- depending on on our schedule, um, a few camps, be- like usually in September and October. And so we've been doing that for I don't know five years or so, and and then we, you know were contacted by some clubs, you know, down in Baltimore, in Philadelphia, in New Jersey, even in New York. And so we decided, hey, you know, why don't we do this? We knew, you know, some of the the, the pros from our area, they go down to um, Nantucket. So we, we did one this last September where we went for five days to Nantucket. Then we went to Sogartis, New York, in upstate New York, in the Catskills. And we went down to Atlanta. We went down to and what else to rochester and and we would do more the, the issue with you know these camps and why we can do more is because there are not enough courts in places where we could go and travel to ah, a lot of courts. Because, because we are extremely busy with yeah. my, my main job in my case i mean we have a i have a pretty big operation here and i can't i mean just so you know, when we do these camps, I take vacations days. So I take in my vacation, I do these paddle camps. I work, so I have limited vacation days. Uh, so it's very is is not that easy. But uh, we would like to do more, and it's fun to go on these destinations, uh, different destinations. But we're looking to add other destinations like. Um, I know uh, Drew does a good job. He brings a lot of people to Telluride. We contacted them to see if we, we can go there. Nantake. I mean, we're not trying to copy anybody. I just think that it's a great experience and I'm not competing. I mean, I always tell my members, you should go to a camp. Why don't you go to Telluride? Go, it's fun to go. Uh, these pros are very good. Or if, or you know, I recommend them to go to Nantucket if they, if they are not available on my date. I always tell them, why don't you go play with Carl or why don't you go do the camp with Gillespie or go with Johan in uh, in uh, New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Uh, I mean, I think the camps uh, at the beginning of the season are, are great. Um, are really, I mean, there is a lot of information and some people, you know, finish the, finish the, the sessions. I mean, with so much information that they start playing worse than what they were <laughs> before they started. But that's what's been happening you know yeah. <laughs> it takes time to process and uh, there is a lot of information because you want to cover as much as you can in a certain period of time uh, but uh, i think it's it's a thing that players that want to get better uh, they must do uh, that said that said and that's something that we always talk to patricio um i I mean, the camps that we do, we try to cover a lot of positioning and strategy. It's very hard to work in these camps on skills, like putting more topspin on the forehand or 
or working on the slash or stuff like that. It's very hard to work on that because, you know, there is one player that might want to do that or one player that needs to put more tops in on the forehand. Or, so we work a lot of strategy and um, start strategy and um, positioning. Uh, therefore, if, if players are beginners, they don't get a lot from the camp. Um, so if somebody has a hard time contacting the ball, it's very difficult for them to attend the camp because they cannot do the positioning or play the wires or anything. And it's hard also for us to teach that because uh, yes. we try to go with the program and that kind of uh, shifts a little bit. And uh, so we, we are trying to actually do more sessions in the next, for the next season for more uh, beginners and more focus on skills. So we're going to do uh, less time and focus on that. So that's something that we, we think we need to do better and we need to open it to those players as well. But the, the essentials that we've been doing so far is mostly for intermediate and advanced players. Well, that's, that's uh, it, yeah, no, it's fantastic. And we've got plenty of courts here in Chicago. We can host you. You're more than welcome. We'd love to have you guys come in if you're ever, uh, ever interested. Yeah, we're always interested. Good. Well, hey, uh, I, I want you guys to up your social media, though. I enjoyed watching the videos and uh, we followed you guys uh, greatly. Um, got any good paddle camp stories that you can tell without naming any names? There's always I've heard some from about Noah going to camp. We won't tell them. on. Well, there, I'll tell you one camp story. I don't know if it's funny or not, but I it was very stressful at the time. So. We are in Nantucket and, you know, we rented a house, you know, all the brothers are staying there, you know, rented a car. So I'm the, you know, designated driver. Oh my God. Whatever. So I, and I had my, like, you know, little bag that I put inside the hut and the keys inside the hut. And, and this bag, it was, you know, those like shoestring bags. Yeah. It wasn't anything, you know, to the bag, like black and blue. And so this is the last day. You know, we were supposed to finish at like one o'clock, then go to get our bags at the at the house and then head over to to the ferry. And then I don't know what time it was, maybe like around 10, 10 30. I go inside just to, I don't know why I went inside and I cannot find my bag. I cannot find my bag. And I'm like, one, I don't know where my bag is. So I look everywhere. I ask everyone at the camp, hey, did you see my bag? No. Okay. So I'm like, maybe someone came over. There, there were some pickleball courts right behind. And, and I see this bag that sort of looks like mine, but it had, you know, some pickleball stuff inside. No ID, no nothing, no keys, no phone. But I'm like, I think that someone came over. They put their bag down. They used the bathroom and they went home with my bag. And they left their bag here. So I went over to the pickleball courts and there are these four ladies and then I tell them what happened and they're like, you know what? I got it. Luckily, it was like one of the ladies was the one that runs everything for Pickleball at that place. So she sent like, you know, a group text. They had this app, whatever. So she took a picture of the bag <laughs> that I found. So long story short, someone did take my bag and she actually then came over because and I got a, a, a ride to the house. And the other pros went, you know, also got a ride with somebody else. So the lady came to the house. Then she gave me a ride back to the, you know, it was so close to returning the car, getting back to the ferry. It was so stressful. And so from now on, I'm always going to have the key inside the bag and right next to the paddle courts. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to throw one under the bus. He had like a gear. Oh, oh no. no, he took the bike. Yeah, no. What happened was I had a bike, so I had to bike from the courts because actually Annika came for a day, so she rented a bike and she left the bike for me. So I had to go with the bike all the way down, down, uh, yeah, all the way downtown to return the bike. And then I was waiting for him to come pick me up to take me to the ferry, you know, like a prima donna. Of course, I was waiting for him. But no, he, he ended up getting the car. So he was, yeah, he, but it was very stressful. He was super stressed. Oh my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm waiting for him at a restaurant, having lunch, you know, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's switch gears on you. Uh, congratulations on the new company, Skull Paddles. Will you guys talk to us a little bit about it? Like, how did how did this idea come about? And tell us how Skull Paddles came around. You can say, Patricia. You can talk about. Well, you came up with the name, so why don't you start? No, because you it's better when you explain why the name is the name. Okay. So I'll explain. I'll explain about the name. Well, let me get to the name first. So. Um, so just, you know, when we obviously have, you know, both have a, <laughs> an accent when we, when we, you know, speak in English and, and, you know, the double O in, in English, it sounds like an U, like if you say, you know, I'm going to school you uh-huh. and right. So yeah. the double O sounds like an U at times, you know, not always, you know, English is a, it's a strange language at times. And, but sometimes it does sound like a, like a U. And then the U in skull, if you pronounce the U in Spanish, it sounds like school. If you don't pronounce it properly. Nice. So Juan came up with this idea of saying, I'm going to school you. You know, school, school you. And so the, the skull pronounced with Argentinian accent sounds more like school. <laughs> and if you don't pronounce properly... Um, so school you, that, that's where the name, you know, came from. And I was like, okay, yeah, I like that. I love it. That's fantastic. That's a, that's a great name. So where did, where did the idea, how long have you guys been talking about starting a company? Like how, where did all this come from? Well, we, you know, we've been doing the camps together for a while and Juan started a, uh, a, a pickleball league and last year in Fairfield County and, and Westchester counties in Connecticut and New York, it had 1,400 players in its first season. And Juan, correct me if I'm wrong, is the largest pickleball league in the country. Yeah. Wow. And so we do that. I mean, we run some pickleball tournaments and, and then sort of at the same time, we, we were both like in, in, with different, you know, Juan was doing it on his own and I was working with somebody else and trying to come up with, you know, a paddle. Someone reached out to me and said, hey, you know, why don't you, you know, start working on a platform tennis paddle and pickleball. And Juan was doing that on his own at the same time. And, and then it sort of made sense and to put it all together under sort of, you know, one umbrella. We do the camps, you know, we run the leagues, you know, we do the tournaments and, you know, let's also bring, you know, under a different brand. And, but under the same umbrella and let's keep working together and bring this, this, this brand to life, you know, as a team. But, oh, that's great. And so I, I personally, well, I've got, we've got Noah here who's with Xenon, you guys with Skull or School You. Uh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't know, honestly, I wouldn't know where to start with like how to design something, how, specifications of a paddle, like where, how do you do this? Do you want to talk to us 
I, you know, I'm fairly clueless when it comes to this. I, I, Noah puts a paddle in my hand and, and I, I play with it. So do you guys want to talk yeah. and talk through it? Yeah, look, so, so the way this worked was, um, uh, I, I played the, with masters, uh, last year. And then before that, I used to play with, uh, with Viking, with the ring I light. Uh, and those, uh, I mean, they were the biggest companies. Uh, Wilson was also part of it, but kind of now is out or, I mean, they have a very small share and now Xenon is, is very strong. Um, and the truth is we started doing this more as a hobby. I mean, uh, so then- be, be careful, I started the same way. Yeah, no, no, and, and, that, no, I am, I, and I, and I have to agree with you because it became as a hobby and now it's a uh, crazy because there is a lot going on and a lot of people in that area are starting to play with it. And there is a lot more behind it uh, that we, or at least I didn't know. Um, maybe Patricio is, uh, was more aware of this, but the design was, uh, so we pretty much, I took what I liked about uh, the paddles that I play with in the uh, the oversized paddles, and I we asked uh, our manufacturer in China to set to send us some prototypes, and then we try to we tweak the core a little bit. No, this is too soft. This is too hard. Uh, we want a thicker grit. We want a thinner grit. We want a grip size. Uh, this this size, you know, as you know, most paddles. Um, now, in the last 10 years, they all come in a grip four and a quarter. Uh, before they used, some paddles used to come with a grip four and three eighths, and then some four and a quarter you could choose. But they, in the last 10 years, uh, they went one grip size. Uh, our paddles, uh, the blue one and the, and the bronze are four and a quarter, but the silver one, uh, not only is a little lighter, but also the grip is a four, a zero. So for ladies and for kids, the grip is smaller. So um, I thought that that was uh, something that uh, was not in, in the business uh, or in the, you know, was offered. So I thought that uh, uh, that was good. And I checked with Patricio and he liked the idea. Um, then tweaking the, the weight of the paddle, um, you know, we, we just tested a few. Uh, I, um, the bronze, uh, a lot of people asked me, how does it compare? So the shape of the bronze is pretty much the same shape as the, I would say the ozone. Um, the core is very different. It's a lot softer and the grit is very different. Um, but the shape itself is similar. It's a little more uh, rounded. Um, the amount of holes is the same. Uh, and then the weight is, uh, is 360 with a plus minus because uh, it's impossible to control. I don't know if you were able to control it, Noah, but our manufacturer uh, cannot control it because the grit is just impossible to control. So you always play with a plus minus. Um, that's why, I don't know if you guys experience this, but uh, playing, sometimes you grab two piles and they feel different. And it's just those two grams or three grams that some players cannot notice, but you know, it's like when you play tennis and you your racket, your tension is 56 pounds or 54. I notice that some players might not, but for me, it makes a big difference. So 
playing with the plus minus and the grid that was a that was a challenge at the beginning when the first prototype they came so heavy one paddle they sent me it was 410 grams it was so heavy <laughs> and i went and because i was so eager to play with it i went to play a summer league match with it my arm almost fell on the ground it was so heavy um yeah so then you know once we finalize the specs um we send them for approval they got approved uh, and now we launched i mean we are we are we sold close to 400 and 400 plus piles already we have some more on the way um like you said uh, i don't know if we talked about this but the the shipping and all that has been a struggle we had to pay a lot uh, for shipping to get them on time because um, we got them all uh, via air, uh, the ones that we got so far. We had a shipment, shipment stuck in the port waiting for them uh, to be picked up by UPS. Uh, it's just, it's been a struggle this year with that. So uh, hopefully by next year we'll be much better because we'll, we have a lot more time. Yeah. Uh, so, so when it comes to paddles, are you guys, are you guys picky? when it comes to how, what you play with, or are you kind of like yes. a Jared, Jared Palmer where you're like, ah, fuck it. This'll do. I'll play with no, it. You- I, I am, I am very biggie. I am very biggie. I don't know. Patricio, I don't know if he is, but I am super biggie. Yeah. I, I could play, I'm not going to say, you know, with anything, but you know, I'm a lot more like trying to adjust to how the battle plays. And I like, you know, a specific paddle, but then if I have something that plays a little bit different, then like, oh, I know that this shot, I have to take a little bit pace on, on my drives or the ball, you have to hit a little bit firmer or, you know, softer. And yeah, but I, I'm a little bit more, you know, flexible than. And I also want to, I also want to uh, say one thing because uh, we are, I was on the phone this morning with somebody else um, that they call me because they were asking about the paddles as well. And they were uh, they thought that our paddle, because they never had it in their hands, uh, this person thought that the paddle was a, like a harrow painted different, you know, like um, a, 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 there are some paddles that are like that. I'm not gonna name any brands because uh, it's right. actually the design, you know, it's all what works and it's great. Absolutely. I have nothing against it. That's why I love it. That actually, now there are more companies because before it was kind of a monopoly. Now it's better. It's much better when you have more, more companies out there. You have more options for everyone. And, uh, you know, it's great. It's a, it's a good... Co- I mean, I am talking to Noah. I, I know we are kind of compare, competing in this, but I don't... I don't feel like I'm competing like I want to kill the guy because I can't compete with him right now. Well, I don't I don't think I don't think there is competition at all. Like when I first started paddle, I haven't been playing that long, but really it was Viking and Wilson. And there are a couple of yeah. hero paddles out there. Yeah. I think I think it's fantastic that we have, yes. you know, we've got you guys and Xenon and Masters and Viking and Midnight Machete. And, you know, Wilson's kind of dying off a little bit. Uh, and then Harrow still kind of hangs around. But, you know, the game's growing. I think there's enough for everyone. And, I, exactly. you know, we talked, we talked with Damian Johnson the other week. There's just so many fun little companies coming into the game of paddle now, whether it's clothing or ball right. machines or my paddle or, you know, meme things on Instagram. I, I, you know, I think now we have all these companies. It's, it's nothing but good for the game of paddle. 
No, and I, I agree too. with that. I agree with that. And I think that uh, is good, the number of uh, companies that we have. And we could probably have one or two more because, the, the, you know, the business is limited. I mean, this is a, at least in our area, uh, we don't have any public facilities like in Chicago. You know, in Chicago is amazing. Everybody can play paddle. Here we don't have because the real estate is like, crazy, crazy expensive, and nobody's building paddle courts. Uh, so the, you know, the, the, the players still not that many, Picobo, however, I mean, we already got our, our paddles, we, are, we built Picobo paddles, and then uh, we have one, one style, one model that in eight different colors. Uh, and that paddle, um, we also sold a lot of them, but there are 97 different companies in the Picobo business. Crazy. Uh, but they have millions of players. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there is the difference, you know? Well, I was, I was going through your, your website, looking at the paddles and everything, and you guys are speaking my language when it comes to naming paddles. It's like the blue one, the silver mm. one, the exactly. orange, uh, orange or bronze. Uh, I love it. Well, but that is just for this year. We are considering uh, changing the names. Uh, we've been doing some work on that too, uh, because we want to come up with different styles uh, within this, the paddles. So we are, I mean, I honestly like the blue, silver, bronze, like that. <laughs> But Patricio said, no, we have to give him a name. We have to, I'm like, just call it the blue, call it the yeah. silver, call it the bronze. But he wants to name them. I don't know. He's like, I don't know. That's him. Well, well, we're, we're, still, we're still talking about that. It's not, uh, you there know, you we are, so, we're still so, deciding. So Ben, convince him that we have to stick to blue, <laughs> well, silver, and know, bronze. Noah will tell you. Now, he's got the pink one, the blue one, the red one. Yeah. No, come on! Drives Noah nuts. He's got a he's got a black one with a white or silver X on it, and everyone calls it. it the, everyone calls it the black one. Yes, <laughs> I mean, listen, they're all black. Yeah, they're all black. No, no but but this is the thing. We have a group. We have a group, or or with the members. Let's say. So I say, hey, which paddle do you wanna you wanna buy? Oh, the blue one. They don't say, right. oh, the the reignite whatever a uh, pro yep. product the, the, the. no they say the, the blue one or the orange or the white one or that okay fine that's much easier so well, i gotta i gotta tell noah like i i think my paddle's called the vortex light i'm pretty sure it is because i've used it for three <laughs> years every day but i know it is the pink one that's, yeah. uh, that's do you that's, play with the one that uh, has the heater on the grip no no that's a coaching paddle for me <laughs> oh okay good fantastic though yeah it's, it is a good battle so hey um wait a second, wait a second. As, long, as long as you guys are sticking with colors you have to come out with like a chartreuse one just to hear people say i want the chartreuse paddle each time no you <laughs> bougie yeah. Fuck out of here. No. uh guys i think it when when you're a new company and and it, it's really important you get people early on especially top players who who trust you and support you. Do you want to give a shout out to any, you, I know not just obviously the two of you, but I think you've got a couple of other top players that jumped on board with you guys this year and, and have yeah. been supporting the brand. So, so yeah, I mean, of course, by default, Annika has to, has to play, <laughs> whether she likes it or not, she's forced to play with it. 
and uh, she's actually she liked very much the silver one so um she's returning to the tour in january um oh, so breaking uh, news i love yeah, it yeah she's returning to the tour in january because i don't know if you guys know but she hurt her wrist a uh, left hand um by you know you know how she hit no. me <laughs> and I'm not kidding because we were playing a professional pickleball tournament and I hit a return and I'm charging the net to put the next ball away and she swings, shadow swings and with her follow through she hits me in the back but enters my back with a weird position like her wrist in a weird position so she turned a ligament uh, she turned a tendon sorry on her oh, left wrist oh, that's why she cannot play paddle because she cannot hit her two-hander but now she's fine. So uh, she's recovering and she's going to start playing. She's Her first tournament is going to be the Westchester Open in uh, in January. So Break, breaking yeah. news. What so anyways, uh, Annika is playing with the silver. Then we have Martina Andrejkova uh, playing Great. with the blue one. Uh, Jade Kouris playing with the blue one. And Jade's uh, back this year. That's great. And then, um, well, I'm playing with the blue one. Patricia is playing with the blue one. And we are uh, we were in the talks with some other players, uh, but they had already signed contracts or or stuff like that. And you know, uh, we respect that. Now I'm talking to to another player that he's actually he's testing the paddle. Uh, I sent it to him last week. Great. I think, yeah. So uh, little baby steps, baby steps. Well, that's fantastic. And we won't, hey, we won't touch on pickleball for very long, but I was, uh, I was playing pickleball recently with a guy, uh, Juan, he had very nice things to say about you. He's like, the guy, he's like, the guy's going to be amazing. But uh, John Sincola. Oh yeah, John. Yeah. 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 Really yes. nice guy out of Chicago. Yes. He's one yes. of, I guess one of the top Good players. Player. Right? Yeah. Yes. He's one of the top players. I played against him uh, in singles. I beat him once and he beat me once, you know, in a, in the Grand Prix in Atlanta, I was playing. It was for the. I had. I was up, in fourteen twelve. It was a game to fifteen fourteen twelve, and he hits a shot, and I missed the shot wide by literally one inch, and in that attempt to hit the ball, I pulled my hamstring, like literally torn my hamstring muscle. I had to go for a medical medical timeout. The guy comes, they rub me. I just could not move. He has the circuit. He wins four points in a row. He beats me 16-14. That one shot that I missed cost me $2,000 and being streamed <laughs> being streamed on ESPN. Oh, oh no. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, yeah, John's a good guy. He had uh, he had great things to say about you. Oh, he's amazing. He's, and we, he, I mean, that was, he kicked my ass once. With Parsons, we played John Zingola in a, in the APP in New Jersey. Parsons and I played John Sincola and we beat him I that know. one. Is the APP, whatever it, it is, is that the one that's run by Ken Herman out of Chicago? APP. Yes, Ken Can Herman. you do me a favor? Like, I know Ken very well. Uh, can you give Ken a really hard time next tournament you go to? Just be a pain in his ass the whole time. I'm always I, that you don't need you don't need to ask too much for that. Oh, I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> your uh, yeah. Uh, hey, well, let's get back to let's get back to skull real quick. Um, is there you know anything else you're going to be releasing in the in the years to come? Obviously, you know Masters, Viking, Xenon, and and Wilson have a ball uh, on the market. Are you guys anything else you guys are going to be adding to the lineup? And so we have. And one ball that has been approved, 
And but, but we are not sure if we're going to <laughs> launch it. And one of the things, and I agree with Juan about this, is that the ball, you know, it could really hurt you if it's not a great ball. And and we are not an established company that, you know, if the ball is not great, then people are going to say, oh, that's okay. I still like their paddles. And and we want to, you know, make sure that we bring a ball that is actually going to be a good ball for, you know, players to use. And there are, you know, and, and I think Sinon's balls is one of the best ones out there. And we were, and you know, it's, you know, it's one of the best balls out there. And, but we are not going to bring a, we're not going to bring a, a ball to market and unless we know it's a great ball that compete in terms of quality with, you know, the best balls in the market. Great. Well, I know it's, it, it, uh, it's, it's funny. I think you guys can appreciate it now. Um, I think people are shocked at how hard it is to make a rubber ball that does what a paddle ball needs to do. Like people take for granted that you've got a round ball that bounces the right way and the flocking stays on, et cetera. It's, Infinitely harder than most people would think, I think, unless they've yep. that process. Yeah. Well, it's very hard. And, and um, I think that uh, on, in terms of, uh, you know, the discussions that we've been having with Patricio is, is exactly what he said. I mean, sometimes you get a bad batch of balls and, uh, you know, it just ruins your brand. And uh, I said, until we get a ball that we know is perfect, I really, if we have to wait five years, okay, let's wait five years. But I, I don't want to kill the brand because I really think that our product is is very good. Uh, our paddles are very good. And uh, we came in in a low price point. Uh, that, that's what we were shooting. Of course, uh, uh, we can do better. We can expand the line. We can have more colors and all that. But like, we have to start slow. I mean... Uh, and like we said before, and Noah said, uh, I started the same way. We started this more as a hobby, and yeah. it's becoming it's becoming uh, bigger than what we thought it was going <laughs> to be the first season. And you know what? It's great. I mean, a good problem. I mean, I'm have. really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Well, that's yeah. Well, I I, I think it's fantastic. You guys uh, are doing this, and you know, more the merrier. I think when it comes to paddle companies and just the game growing and overall uh just to wrap up here uh noah has got a question that's been written into us uh anonymously for you guys so, and i'm guessing once the question's asked one you could probably guess where it's come from and please take a shot at it if you like but uh noah go ahead so uh so what's the deal with the monkeys <laughs> So <laughs> that's so funny. Was that Parsons? Uh, it was anonymous. <laughs> it was Parsons. Um, the monkeys, the uh, you know Parsons, uh, Max Lepivert, myself. There's some people. I got even Annika into it. Were into the crypto things. Um. But now uh, Parsons got me into the NFTs and there is a, an NFT that is called Unchained Monkey. Um, so you pretty much, it's, it's art, but also uh, they raise some money and uh, some without some, you know, there is a lot of, you help people around the world. They, we were the raise, the gas fees and all that stuff. So, uh, so during the charities, he was getting me into it. And then every time he was winning the point, I was saying, yes, my monkey. I was, 
I want, let's go. And then when we got the prize money, I said, we were saying that we were, we each bought a monkey with a, um, yeah. So, you know, it's something fun. I mean, and with a good purpose and uh, hopefully we'll make some money out of that too. There you go. Well, hey, we, we really appreciate you guys uh, staying on with us uh, late into a Sunday evening, but uh, good luck with the with the paddle company, with the paddle camps, and obviously with uh, with playing the season this year. We appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks. Take care, guys. Bye. All right. We hope you all enjoyed the show today. It was great to have both Patricio and Juan on to talk a little bit about playing paddle, paddle camps, and, uh, and selling paddles as well. So, Hope you all enjoyed it. It was great to have him on, and uh, we'll be back at you soon. See ya.